0: Hi there, we're back! Welcome to Season 2 of the Denver Public Schools Digital Coach Podcast. If you're a first-time listener, digital coaches work with DPS's MyTech program, which is a one-to-one Chromebook initiative for students at 14 schools. We've just started year two of our three-year mission to get technology in the hands of middle and high school students. Our digital coaches connect the potential of education technology to the reality of the classroom, so that DPS students have both the access and opportunity to use technology meaningfully. Digital coaches support each of the 14 MyTech schools, and they have a simple yet critical role to support teachers in leveraging technology to impact instruction. We're making this podcast to tell the stories of transformational instruction happening in our MyTech schools. My name is Steve Holtz-Russell, and I supervise the digital coach team, and I host this podcast. Last spring, I spoke with Rebecca Carr, the digital coach for Manuel High School, and Brian Jackson, a ninth grade English teacher at the school. In this episode, you'll hear Rebecca and Brian share about the great things teachers and students at Manual are doing with technology. We talked with Brian about how he uses Schoology discussions in his classrooms to engage students as they read Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. We're excited to share the story with you. Okay, we're here with Rebecca Carr, the uh, digital coach for Manual High School and with Brian Jackson, a teacher here at uh, Manual. Welcome to the show. Brian, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, um,
1: what you do here and how long you've been here? Awesome. So, uh, yes, my name is Brian Jackson. Uh, I am an English teacher here at Manuel High School. Uh, I'm in my first year here at Manuel. Uh, I've been in the district for about four, coming on about five years. Uh, I'm happy with where I'm at. I, I love the kids that I serve. What did you teach before? So uh, before being at Manual, I taught 6th grade language arts at Hill Campus of Arts and Sciences. Gotcha.
0: What's it like to uh, go from middle school to high school?
1: I would describe it as, um, there, there's a difference, but there are a lot of similarities. And so I, I find myself focusing more on the similarities. Of course, students need that daily agenda. They need to know what's coming on a, on a daily basis. I find that high school students are a little bit more independent uh, working they have a little bit more independence in them to stay focused um, I've also found that the conversation can be more focused on life um, the realities of life the challenges of real life uh, compared to being you know 11 years old turning 12 the life experiences are at a, a different level
0: so Rebecca and Brian could you talk a little bit about the work that you guys have done together as I What you just described, I think it probably has uh, something to do with the approach of working with high schoolers.
1: Definitely. So I selected uh, Rebecca to be my digital coach. I believe it was back in the middle of the first semester, I want to say. I was excited about the opportunity because it was brand new. I haven't had much digital experience in my classroom uh, since I've been a classroom teacher. You know, I'm the type of person that is willing to take a risk. I want to learn new things. Uh, I'm in education because I enjoy learning, and so I thought it'd be a perfect opportunity for me to learn something new. Uh, I had no idea what it might look like. I had no idea what our journey would be like going ahead, but it's been amazing. It's been a journey where, you know, it, it's, it's been wonderful, is how I would describe it so.
2: Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I first started working with Brian in the beginning of the school year. I went around to all the teachers at Manual trying to figure out who wanted my help and what I could do to best serve the population here. And Brian was one of those who was interested in what I had to say. But as a teacher, you're relatively overwhelmed by the number of people who are in your classroom trying to give you that support. And so we had a draft for coaching here, and Brian chose me, and that was really fantastic because that really gave us the opportunity to open up that time and that space for us to delve in and see where his technical skills were in the beginning and what I could help him to do easily without making the planning and the working difficult. I didn't want him to spend all of his time trying to teach kids how to use a tool. I wanted him to be able to fit this in seamlessly into his instruction so that the kids wouldn't lose their, their ability to connect with curriculum mm-hmm. while we increase the technology in his classroom. Mm-hmm. And so we at Manual had an interesting mm-hmm. opportunity to choose either Schoology or Google Classroom. And I really... Pushed Brian into Schoology, I think, um, but I think it was a good choice because it really has a lot of flexibility, and we were able to do some really interesting and fun things mm-hmm. um, using Schoology as sort of our place to hold all of those uh, activities. Definitely.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about some of those those activities that were uh, that were housed in Schoology. You mentioned being getting, getting a chance to to talk to high schoolers about real life experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that figure into the activities you guys were
1: using in Schoology? Definitely. Um, I think about uh, the do now process within my classroom. Initially, in the beginning of the school year, my students would write, pencil to paper, in response to a question. And then my students would turn and talk based upon what they wrote and what their partner wrote. Bringing in you know, the digital piece to my classroom, my students are able to type a post in response to a question. I uh, kept that aspect in the classroom, but now instead of turning and talking, my students are able to read and reply to what their classmates have written uh, digitally. And so, you know, there goes our digital discussion. Um, students who may struggle with typing can create a video post or even an audio post, which enables their classmates to watch and listen to what they've said in response to the the prompt, or or just listen if it's an audio uh, recording. It has Giving students, I believe, a safe place where they can say what they need to and not feel embarrassed for wanting to say something out loud and the whole class will hear, but instead I can type it on the screen. and It's brought another element to my classroom. From what I've seen, my students are enjoying it.
0: So what are some of the questions that you've asked in those do-nows? Hmm.
1: I'm thinking about our most recent unit on Romeo and Juliet, I believe one of our do now writing prompts was, is it possible for a broken heart to be a blessing? What was supposed to be a 10 minute do now led into a 20 to 30 minute discussion, uh, both digitally and also in person. Uh, I'm thinking of our current unit, which uh, is revolving around resisting systems of oppression and uh, students talking about, you know, without using the person's name, who is the or, or what how would you describe the worst person you've met? What are those qualities? Um, what are their characteristics? what are the actions that this person has has taken or has made that puts them in that category of they're the worst person you've met And then also being able to discuss why is it important to describe the person's qualities instead of just fussing about why they are the worst person? So Rebecca,
0: what was? the process like uh, in terms of working with Brian and encouraging him to bring the this digital aspect of the conversation into his classroom.
2: So, I think the digital discussions really got started after I did a PD with the school about how digital discussions can be su- can really support learning in the classroom. Um, and he, his eyes brightened up when, he, when we talked about this. Some of the reasons that digital discussions are sometimes preferable to, in, to face-to-face discussions is it gives those students an opportunity to take some think time. You hear from everyone instead of just hearing from the loudest students. And it also is a way they can go back and check in with that same discussion later on, even in that day, in the unit, et cetera. And so when we were talking about Romeo and Juliet, we thought it would be an excellent time to sort of incorporate some of that. And then they could check in. They could start in the beginning of class with a do now, see what their thinking was in the beginning, and then they could revisit that at the end of class sort of as an exit ticket as well and see if their thinking had changed.
0: They sound like really great opportunities for meaningful, passionate conversations. Uh, I, I, I kind of want to, I would want to be in the room for a conversation with a bunch of teenagers about broken hearts and uh, what we learn from having our hearts broken. How did they respond to that question? And how did they respond to having to talk about
1: it online first? It took a little getting used to. You know, it's a brand new experience for students. I had to put some parameters around their response, such as, you're required to write four sentences and then increasing that to five sentences and pushing my kids to write five or more sentences um, for their initial response. I'll say once my students got used to, you know, writing their, their digital response, then they were able to personally connect to whatever their response was. The discussions became very personal they became very uh, transparent. My students became transparent during the discussion. I had students who spoke about their own personal relationships. They were willing to open up about mistakes they've made in relationships, and they were willing to express how they allow people to take advantage of them. Uh, to me, that was totally unexpected. I didn't expect our discussion to take that route. But what it also led us into was understanding, understanding that even though I say this person broke my heart, I have some responsibility in that that experience as well. And so um, for me, seeing my students become so transparent in that type of discussion showed growth. It showed character growth. It showed them being able to reflect upon, wait a minute. Maybe that person's not all that bad. Maybe maybe I have played a role in this too.
0: And so, how did it how did it connect to the the text of Romeo and Juliet? I mean, mm-hmm. I, obviously there are themes of of love in, in Romeo and Juliet, but what impact did these conversations that began online and extended into or outside of the virtual realm and into the regular kind of uh, conversation of the classroom? Mm-hmm. How did that emotional conversation then? get to a place where you're talking about Romeo and Juliet as well.
1: Mm -hmm. I found my students being able to relate to one character or the other and sometimes being able to relate to aspects of both Mm -hmm. characters. So some of my students were able to say things like I'm kinda like Romeo where I need to be with someone. I'm kinda like Romeo where I, I think I'm in love with one person Something bad happens, I break up with them, and I go on to, to someone else. And it's like I was never in that first relationship to begin with. Um, I found other students saying they're more like Juliet. They didn't care much about love or relationship, or they cared about it, but they just weren't that interested in it because of maybe their age, or maybe you know past experiences. Being able to make those connections to me is really what reading a book like Romeo and Juliet is about, you know, we don't read Shakespearean plays for Shakespeare to exist, we read them for our students to exist, for our our students survival, not for the survival of the text. And so for my students being able to, again, reflect on their own character and compare their character to Romeo or Juliet made reading the text worth it.
0: What was the process of the two of you working together? What did that look like?
2: Well, it began with friends with, uh, choosing me in the draft. And then I just went in and observed his class a few times. And then I sat down with him. And I really wanted him to lead the discussion on where this could go. My belief in coaching is that, really, if, if I don't allow the teacher to choose, then they're not going to be successful. We talked a little bit about where he was going and, and what his direction was, and he then asked me for suggestions. So what are some tools that you have that you can that you could help me with? What are some ways that we could use this new product of Schoology and the Chromebooks that the students have in their one-to-one? How can we use this to enhance my classroom? And so we came up with a couple of different ideas. We started off by just putting his texts and using some of his um, Google Docs assignments. Mm-hmm. Um, putting those in Schoology, just uploading very basic, you know, how to use, how to do feedback, those kinds of things using Google, Google Docs and Schoology. And then, then we morphed into, so what are the other aspects we can do? How can we use the video camera for group work? Um, how can we create stations, digital stations, using Schoology as well? And then, of course, the discussions, the online discussions.
1: Yeah, uh, I found um, being able to add in supports. So supports to write essays, supports to write paragraphs, being really effective. I, my, In my experience, our conversation really did revolve around here's my idea, how can we bring this idea to life? Um, Rebecca was very supportive in that process.
2: For example, now Brian came to me on Tuesday was it Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Um, and asked me what I knew about different ways that kids could do presentations and present different materials online. He wants the kids to do sort of a project-based approach to this current unit that they're in, and so we've been playing around with some things that are outside of Schoology. We've been playing with Pixton, and uh, we video and video logs, those kinds of things. So we're sort of taking it even further now as we go through the end of the year.
0: And this is for the systems of oppression.
1: Yes. Unit that you're working on. Yes. So currently, students are sharing their narrative to answer the question: What is a misconception that people have of you? And so students can write an essay or write a narrative in the form of an essay. Students can write a poem, pencil the paper. Students can also create an animated video. They can create a, a Google Slide presentation. Uh, they can use WeVideo to create um, a presentation. In, in any way they want to. The, the goal is for the students to share their story in the way that makes sense to them, in a way that answers the question. This is a misconception, here's how I'm correcting it.
0: So you essentially answered my next question, which was, uh, why is the technology component of this unit important to you as an educator and for the students? You kind of already answered it, but I figured I'd ask again. Well,
1: I'll say through implementing digital the digital aspect to my classroom, I've learned the value in choice and the value in student choice. When students are able to choose the road they would like to take to get to a, a certain point, they're more invested. They're more engaged. They are able to, you know, pour their hearts out more into the assignment or into the project. Coming to that realization, I always try to focus on choice. What are the choices my students can make? Uh, what are the options my students have with this project?
2: And I would also argue that uh, you're giving them really important skills that they can use later in life. You know, even if they don't use Pixton later or WeVideo, understanding the basics of video editing and understanding how to create online video logs and things along those lines are going to be part of their learning from here on out and so your embracing of it in ninth grade curriculum is really fantastic in getting those kids ready for the rest of their high school and college careers.
0: So this has been the the first year of the MyTech program at Manual. Let's fast forward a year. What do you think it'll be looking like at Manual? or for you as an educator, what do you think the impact of technology as a part of your instruction and a part of the student's education experience, what do you think that's going to look like a year from now?
1: A year from now, I see students beginning the school year with technology in the classroom, as opposed to us waiting maybe a month or a month and a half and releasing the, you know, these resources into the classroom. I see students starting the first day with some sort of video post of their summer break. I see students having access to, you know, various supports, knowing, knowing from the first day I have a writing support I can, I can find in my resources folder through Schoology that's gonna help me with writing this paragraph. I see students creating more projects Um, video projects, as you mentioned, Rebecca, video editing. Um, I I see students asking if they can create an animated video as opposed to writing an essay to uh, get their their point across uh, for an assignment. I, I, I see students being able to have even more of a voice than they already do about what goes on in the classroom. I guess it's all about choices, making sure students know they have choices and being able to advocate for those choices.
2: I would agree with what you're saying. I also see Manuel really getting further down its road of technology integration. Um, while Brian has been really excellent about integrating tech in his classes as much as possible, it is a struggle. It is hard for teachers to change the way they, they approach instruction. And so with people like Brian as examples in this school, I'd like to see more of that through the, with the teachers as well. And I think next year is going to be really exciting.
0: Cool. So last thought, question. Uh, So, Brian, this process was new for you this year. What would you say to a teacher who's hesitant about trying to use technology in the classroom? How would you encourage them to do that?
1: I found that the use of technology really lightened the load in my classroom when it came to planning, when it came to leading instruction, uh, even when it came to feedback from my students it seemed to not only lighten the load, but also speed up the process, the learning process in my classroom. After seeing how students became engaged and seeing how students even had a natural usage of technology, I mean students are using technology on a daily basis, whether it's with their cell phones or their iPads at home, um, they're familiar with it in some way. When I think of that, I, I would highly recommend a teacher to try it out at least for a week. Try out just a do now with you know uh, with Schoology. Try out maybe the middle part of your lesson with a video post. Just try out some part of a lesson for a week and see how how it impacts the classroom and see how your students respond to it. And from there, I would say either continue on with it by going a step further or take it completely out of the classroom. But at least try it because it's going to make an impact.
0: All right. Thank you both so much for your time. I always appreciate uh, teachers taking time out of planning or lunch periods to record stories like this. uh, So appreciate your time.
1: Thank you.
2: Thanks, Steve.
0: All right. That's it for this episode of the Digital Coach Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode, where we'll feature more stories of teachers at MyTech schools who are transforming instruction with technology and impacting the lives of students. If you have a story you'd like to share, let us know. You can reach me at steve at dpsk12.org. Also, check out our DPS MyTech collaboration space in Schoology, where you can find resources related to this podcast and other stories we've shared of the great things happening at other MyTech schools. Thanks, everybody. Until next time.